welcome to episode 62 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Eddard chapter 15 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read that chapter before listening. The news is kind of sad news today, so if anyone has seen the show, um, Ilan Payne, the actor that played him named Wilco Johnson, um, if you remember him from the show, he played the mute executioner with the really scary face. Sansa was scared of him. Um, he passed away. Uh, I guess he actually didn't even make it past the second season of Game of Thrones because of a pancreatic cancer health scare. Uh, and he went through a life-saving 11-hour surgery wow. that ended up giving him several more years of life. Hmm. Here's a fun one. He played guitar in a band called Dr. Feelgood. That's awesome. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, but his successful music career lasted five decades, and unfortunately he passed away due to that. Uh, so that surgery gave him a few more years, but mm-hmm. yeah, it came up on him. So. That's sad. Well, damn. Pour one out for Wilco Johnson. <laughs> Pour one out. He passed away at home on Monday, 21st of November. All right. So the Martin message, there was nothing new on his blog, but his Targaryen fact for today was Prince Vagon Targaryen, the seventh child of Alysanne, also known as the Dragonless. Vagon became an archmaester after showing little interest in wedding any of his sisters or any other woman for that matter. Well, yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. All right. So last episode, um, Joffrey had his first court session as king. New appointments to the small council were made, and Barristan Selmy was re- relieved of his duties. Mm-hmm. Damn. I wasn't, he I wasn't here for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie Lannister takes his place. Sandor Clegane joined um, the White Swords, and Sansa asks for mercy for her father's crimes of treason. Yeah. It kind of went the way we thought it would go, mm-hmm. to be honest. And basically, Barristan said, you can't fire me, I quit. So, yeah. Uh, today's episode, Ned has spent countless days in the cells under the Red Keep. He's going mad with his thoughts of the past and events uh, that have just occurred to him. He gets a visit from Varys, who tries to speak some sense into Ned and leave him with a big decision that he must make. Pretty obvious. But yeah. <laughs> Um, the wine rule is number 29. The old ways to judge a wine by its label don't really work anymore. So today, many wine bottles are decorated with dramatic art and graphics, leaving the basic information in small font. Hmm. Choosing wine has become a fashion statement, and knowing the procedures and where the wines come from is not as important. When I was writing this, I thought of me and you, Gabby, because we always look at how pretty the wine bottles yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. We pick wine based on how it looks. Hey, man, I try to... I still try to read, like, some of the yeah. important stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm I'm picking something up because of the picture. It's cute. <laughs> what can we say? All right. Let's dive in. So, Ned's in his cell underneath the Red Keep. His cell stank of urine, and there was no window, no bed, not even a place to use the bathroom. Hmm. It was pitch black, but he remembers what it looked like when he first arrived. Uh, he remembered... Pale red stone and a gray wooden door, but once they slammed the door shut, he didn't see anything anymore. So he's literally Jesus. sitting that, down there in yeah. pitch black. Ned thinks back to when he and Robert were in the crypts of Winterfell, and Robert said, The king eats and the hand takes the shit. 
He remembered how much the king had laughed at his own joke, yet Ned thought, yet he had gotten it wrong. The king dies and the hand is buried. And then he's remembering stories about Magor the Cruel. Um, I wasn't sure who that was, so I looked it up, and this is from the wiki. So Magor Targaryen I, also known as Magor the Cruel, was the third Targaryen king to sit the Iron Throne. He was the son of King Aegon I Targaryen and his eldest sister wife, Queen Visenya Targaryen. He had an older half-brother, Aenys Targaryen. And then, sorry, that's okay. I'm a child. I was trying to talk through it. Very unfortunate name. It is. Anus. A E N Y S. How would you I say s- that? I swear that's how it's spelled. Anus. It, anus. Anus. You know, it may be anus. His whole I just life. Say anus. Anus. Anus sounds like <laughs> plural. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Anyway, oh, sorry. Gosh. Yeah. Nope. That's okay because I was having the same thought. All right. The Pelagius Magor had six wives, Ceres Hightower, Alice Haraway, Tiana of the Tower, Eleanor, Eleanor Costain, Jane Westerling, and his niece, Raina Targaryen. Always been busy. What are you thinking again? <laughs> Magor was a tall, broad, and fearsomely strong man, larger than his father, Aegon I Targaryen. He was bull-like, with heavy shoulders, a thick neck, and huge arms. Though he was on the heavy side, he was not fat, but more massive and square. He kept his hair short and his beard trimmed to his jawline. He had angry-looking, suspicious eyes and a scowling mouth. We did not see him in House of the Dragon, right? Mm -hmm. This was before that time. Yeah, I think it was before. That's what I thought. Uh, Magor was born a, a warrior whose skill with weapons was unmatched. He lived for war, tourneys, and battle, and rose to become one of the youngest and finest knights of his time. However, he was also a hard and brutal man who craved violence, death, and absolute mastery over all he deemed his. His savagery in the field and his harshness toward defeated enemies was frequently remarked on. Magor was quarrelsome, quick to take offense, slow to forgive, and fearsome in his wrath. He was a rigid man, unyielding and unbending. He preferred fire and steel over settling issues through discussion and showed cruel tendencies early in his childhood. Although he had many companions throughout his youth, he had no true friends, and even as an adult, Magor trusted no one. It is said that he murdered all the masons who labored on his castle so that they may never reveal its secrets. I feel like we've That's heard crazy. that before. Yeah. I think so too. I remember when that they story. Built the Red Keep. Yep. They killed all like the people. Who, like you know what I'm talking about. So is that why he's recalling him? Because he's in the Red Keep. You think? Maybe. I didn't really connect that when I was writing this. These notes. That's why it's red. Oh. Oh. <gasps> Interesting. And it was keeping the secrets. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. It's a brain nugget you can take to the bank right there. <laughs> I'm so done with you. Deposit that. Deposit that one for later. Cool. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of cool. That was cool. All right. I know. All right, Chris. <laughs> we get it. Ned was angry at all of them. Littlefinger, Janos Slint, the Gold Cloak, Cersei, Jamie, Pycelle, Varys, Barristan, Lord Renly, who had run when he was needed most. And Ned blamed himself for it all. I hate all y'all. Yeah. He remembered Cersei's words, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Ned had played and lost, and his men had paid the price. Damn, he's really, like, down on himself right now. Well, I mean... I'd be pretty mm. mad at Jano Slint. 
to be yeah. honest, the most. We talked about this in the last one, but Jano Slint got himself a yeah, Heron Hall. Yeah. And a uh, lordship and his entire family from then on gets that. And he's not even a lord. All because he didn't help Ned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh boy, where was I? Pick. Oh. He thought of his daughters and wanted to cry, but the tears would not come. His grief and rage had frozen inside him. Damn. Wow. Ned did his best to not move much because when he didn't move his leg... I'm sorry. Ned did his best to not move much because when he didn't move, his leg would not hurt too bad. Remember, he got it kind of mangled in that battle. Jamie. With Jamie. Mm. He would stay still for hours on end and couldn't even see the sun or the moon to know exactly how long. He slept on and off, and when he slept, he had dark and disturbing dreams of blood and broken promises. When he woke, there was nothing to do but think. Sometimes his thoughts were worse than his dreams. Broken he's promises. going Like, it. he can't do anything. There's yeah. nothing in that cell to do, so he's alone with his thoughts, and then when he falls asleep, he has nightmares. This is a problem I have with Ned, is that he seems to think that everyone in the realm... Is as honest as him, or should be. And, and then yeah. no one is. He finds out the hard way that they're not. Exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, these broken promises. Like, yeah. Because no one's like you, Ned. Right. You're There's the not anyone one. like him. No. Yeah. Hours seemed like days. There was a dull ache in his shattered leg. His skin on his thigh was hot to the touch, which I think means it's infected. And that shit's mm-hmm. infected. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing he could hear was his own breathing. Oh, that sounds terrible. After a while, he began talking to himself out loud, making plans so he could hear a voice and keep himself sane. Mm. So the thoughts he was having was that um, Stannis and Renly were probably forming armies at Dragonstone and Storm's End. Alysanne and Harwin would return to King's Landing with the rest of his house guard after dealing with Sir Gregor. Catelyn would call the banners when the word reached her and the armies in the Vale would join her. Mm. So that's what he's... Assuming is happening right now. Hoping. Hoping is happening right now. Well, we know one's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He thought of Robert more and more. He remembered what Robert used to look like during his youth, young and handsome with his antlered helm and warhammer in hand, sitting on a horse. He could hear his laughter and and saw his clear blue eyes. He could hear Robert saying, gods, how did we come to this? He didn't say it right. Gods, how did we come to this? (laughs) There you go. You here and me killed by a pig. We want a throne together. There you go. <laughs> was that good? <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Oh my god. Ned. F- Ned. F- oh wow. <laughs> Ned felt like he had failed Robert. He regretted not telling Robert the truth about his children's true father. In the darkness of his cell, he can hear Robert talking to him. You stiff-necked fool, too proud to listen. Can you eat pride, Stark? Will you honor your children? (laughs) He saw that Robert was wearing a mask, and he reached up to rip it away. When he did, he realized it was Littlefinger. When Littlefinger opened his mouth to speak, his lies turned to a pale gray moth and took wing. Then Ned opened his eyes. He was asleep. No. He heard footsteps coming down the hall. Uh, He thought it was a dream, but then the wooden door opened and the daylight was painful to his eyes. A jailer thrust a jug at him and Ned grasped it and gulped the cool water. He asked the jailer how long, but he said no talking. Ned begged for news of his daughter, but the jailer had left and slammed the door shut. Mm. At least he he got some water. 
He did. Jailer's doing his No job. food, though. Okay. Fair They're fair. trying to kill him slowly. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And leg might be with I mean, that too. Affected. Yeah. All right. Well, Discovered so. he um, sank back into the into the darkness, um, and his thoughts just kept going. They ensued. Um, he remembered when he was 18 and he was at the tourney at Harrenhal. He remembered seeing the green of the grass and smelling the pollen in the wind. He remembered the warm days and cool nights and the sweet taste of wine. He could hear Brandon's laughter and Robert celebrating his victory in the melee. He remembered Jamie Lannister taking his vows to, pre- to protect and defend King Eris and being accepted into the White Swords. <laughs> How ironic. Yeah. yeah. How did things turn out? Right. Not like that. <laughs> he remembered Rhaegar being victorious in the jousting tournament and that he was wearing the armor he would die in. Gleaming black plate with the three-headed dragon of his house wrought in... Wrought? Yeah. Interesting word. Like encrusted with rubies. Yeah. Um, and rubies on the breast. A plum of scarlet silk streamed behind him when he rode, and it seemed no lance could touch him. Mm. Mm-hmm. That Num- sounds a lot like the armor that... Uh, is that... Is Rhaegar... Rhaegar is Danny's brother? Correct. Yes. Okay. Oldest older brother. Yep. I was saying that sounds a lot like the armor that Does we she- saw in House of the Dragon mm-hmm. during How the How many brothers are there? Because obviously two. it's Viserys... Viserys and Rhaegar. It's just the two? Yeah. I think there was a sister in there, too. Ned remembered when all the smiles died. He remembered when Rhaegar rode past his own wife to lay the queen of beauty, beauty's laurel in Lyanna Stark's, Lyanna Stark's lap. Mm. That was a lot of bells. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a crown of winter roses, blue as frost, which Lyanna loved the smell of. In his fever dream, Eddard reached out to touch the roses, but there were thorns beneath the flowers, and blood trickled down his hand. He remembers the promise he made to his sister and started to cry that he was going mad. We don't know this this secret yet. I just wanted to hmm. say that. Hmm. What promise did you make, Ned? Yeah, we can't say that. <laughs> anyway, the jailer continued to bring Ned jugs of water each day. I wonder how, wonder how much water was in each of them. Like a gulp. Yeah, like... One gulp. Yeah. Because I remember... Never mind. A gulp for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There we <laughs> go. Mm. Water again. So, so three gulps per... Three gulps. Per, per yeah. jug. But he has to, like, space them out for one meal each day. Um, so this is how <laughs> Ned actually kept track of the days. That's... That's kind of... That's sad, but yeah. Um, he would ask for news of his daughter, of his daughters, each time he visited Ned. But eventually, Ned gave up. Um, he then started asking for food and thought maybe the Lannisters wanted him to starve to death. But he thought that if Cersei wanted him dead, he would have been killed already, mm-hmm. which is fair. Um, then one day, a new person came to his cell with wine. He recognized the familiar voice and realizes that it's Var- Varys. Why did I? Varys. You said Varys. 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 It's Varys. Yes. He thought he was dreaming at first, but realized it was indeed Varys, disguised as a jailer. He asked Varys about his daughters. Varys informed him that Arya had escaped and fled, and that he's not able to find her, nor have um, the Lannisters. That's a good thing. Yes. He tells Ned that Sansa still betrothed to Joffrey, and that Cersei's keeping a close eye on her. Mm-hmm. Varys told him about how Sansa came to the court a few days ago to plead for his life to be spared. She sure did. Yep. Varys wants to make sure that Ned realizes he's basically a dead man, but Ned points out that Cersei would not will not kill him because Catelyn still has Tyrion. 
But Varys says that basically basically says that Cersei would care less if Catelyn had Tyrion and that Catelyn had already let Tyrion escape and um, he's already dead by now. Probably already dead by mm-hmm. now. Um, so she doesn't care either way. Right, exactly. <laughs> doesn't matter either way. Um, Ned expressed his disappointment in Varys when he stood by not saying a word as Ned's men were slaughtered by the Lannisters. Varys said he would do it again because he was unarmed, unarmored, and surrounded by Lannister swords. Which I feel like, yeah, that's kind of valid. Um, Varys continues to tell Ned that he has an important role to play. He says, When I was a young boy before I was cut, I traveled with a troop of mummers through the free cities. They taught me that each man has a role to play in life as well as mummery. So it is at court. The king's justice must be fearsome. The master of coin must be frugal. The lord commander of the king's guard must be valiant. And the master of whispers must be sly and obsequious. Yeah. Obsequious and without scruple. Okay. Scruple. I don't know. I I did not write this. (laughs) This Scruple. All George. (laughs) A courageous informer would be as useless as a cowardly knight. Fair. True. Those were some big words. Those were big words. Mm. It's also Varys. Yeah. Um, Ned looked at Varys and asked if he would free him. Varys said he could, but he won't because questions would be asked and the answers would lead back to Varys. (coughs) Ned then asks Varys... Ned then asks if Varys would deliver a message for him. Varys says it depends on what the message is. Come on, man. (laughs) He would give Ned ink and paper and let him write the message. Then he will take the letter and read it and decide if he will deliver it it or not as it best serves his own ends. I I mean, I guess fair. Ned asks what those ends are and Varys says peace. He's Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like Ned, I don't know. I don't, at this point, I don't necessarily feel like Ned would be like, like, who would be he, who would he send a message to that would, like, start something? You know what I mean? I feel like at this point, it would literally be, like, a, to Sansa or something. I don't know. Something, yeah. like, maybe innocent. Catelyn. Yeah, something innocent, yeah. like, to his Saying, family. Like, yeah, like, I'm okay. Yeah. Kind of thing. Something like I would that. say Catelyn. <clears throat> yeah. Varys goes on to remind Ned that he is always that he was always looking out for King Robert when he was alive. He protected the king for fifteen years, but could not protect him from Ned's truth about Robert's children. He asked why Ned's told why Ned told the Queen the truth about Joffrey's birth. Ned said the madness of mercy. He had hoped to save the children's lives. Varys remarks that he often forgets that Ned is one of the few honest men in the world, but he now sees the reward Ned has won for being honest. That's exactly what we were just saying. Yeah. yeah. This is what you win. Yeah. yeah. Ned then asked Varys if you've ever questioned Lancel about... Lancel. Lancel. Lancel about the king's wine that he drank when he was hunting. Varys said that he did and shares that he learned Cersei gave him the wineskins and told Lancel that it was Robert's favorite. Mm. In any case, if it had not been the boar that killed Robert, it would have been some other accident. It was not the wine that killed Robert. It was Ned's mercy. He continued on and, yeah, uh, Ned's mercy. Yeah. Uh, You didn't want to tell him. Right. Yeah. He continued on and tells Ned that the queen would would not have waited much longer to kill Robert so that she could be free to deal with his brothers, Stannis the Iron Gauntlet and Renly the Silk Glove. Go. Varys then points out that Ned should have taken Littlefinger's advice and supported Joffrey's claim. Ned is shocked that Varys knows about that offer. Varys then tells Ned that Cersei 
should be would be visiting Ned tomorrow. She fears Ned, but has other enemies that she fears even more. <laughs> Jamie is fighting the River Lords. Liza Aaron has no friend was no friend of Cersei's. The Martells and Dorne seek vengeance for the murder of Prince Elia and her children. Elia Martell. Yes. And now Robert Stark marches down the neck. She She's got a lot of people on her back. A mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just so easy. You just, I'm, I'm queen. Now. Right. Yeah. You can't just. You right. Know. She fears Lord Stannis the most. He actually has a true claim to the throne. He's a very skilled battle commander and shows no mercy. No one knows that Stannis. No one knows what he's been doing at Dragonstone, but Varys bets that he is gathering his a large army. This is Cersei's nightmare. That while her father Tywin and her brother. Jamie are battling the Starks and the Tullys. Lord Stannis will come to King's Landing, proclaim it, proclaim himself as the king, and kill her children. Oof. Ned says that Stannis is Robert's true heir and that he is rightfully the heir to the throne, and he would actually welcome Stannis's ascent. Varys warns Ned that the queen will not hear that. If Ned does not bite his tongue, he will surely be killed. Varys reminds Ned how Sansa begged so sweetly to to spare your life. It would be a shame, Ned, if you threw that all away. Ned is being given his life back, and only if he accepts Joffrey as the true king. Oh, boy. Mm. Ned, don't do that. Ned does not like this idea, of course. He asks, You want me to serve the woman who murdered my king, butchered my men, and crippled my son? Forgot about that's that. correct, Ned. Forgot about that yep, I, um, that's exactly what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Varys said that he wants Ned to serve the realm. From the book, he says, Tell the queen that you will confess your vile treason. Command your son to lay down his sword and proclaim Joffrey as the true heir. Offer to denounce Stannis and Renly as faithless usurpers. Our green-eyed lioness knows you are a man of honor. If you will give her the peace she needs and the time to deal with Stannis and pledge to carry her secret to your grave, I believe she will allow you to take the black and live out the rest of your days on the wall with your brother and the base-born son of yours. Mm-hmm. The thought of John brings him deep sorrow, and he wishes he could sit and speak with him again. Ned questions Varys' intentions and asks him if this is his own scheme or if this is some kind of cahoots with Littlefinger. Varys said that Littlefinger is the second most devious man in the Seven Kingdoms. Second most. I think. Uh-huh. Does he consider himself the most yes. devious? Yeah, that's, I think that's what he's going on. He's the second most. Right. Yeah. I'm the master. <laughs> uh, that he would be working with Littlefinger. Uh, he would not be working with Littlefinger. In fact, he feeds him choice whispers just so he thinks Varys is working for him, just as Varys does with the Queen. Just, just little. He's so yeah. I'll give him some info, but just right, just, just enough. enough. Yeah. This still makes Ned suspicious. He asks Varys who he truly serves. Varys replies that he serves the realm and that the realm needs peace. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It always needs peace. Then ask Ned to give him his word that he will tell the queen that she what she wants to hear when she comes tomorrow. Ned says that his life was not a pre- as precious as his honor. Bro. Oh, Ned. Oh, dude. Varys reminds Ned that Sansa is in the middle of all this. Don't True. Right. Yep. Yeah. And asks, uh, him, oh has, asks if, his life, if his life is worth more than his daughter's. Ned tells Varys to do with him as he pleases, but to leave Sansa out of this. Well, Bro, she's already what? in this. That's dude. what I'm saying. It's like he's in, she's in this. Yes, she's already in this. 
I feel like that is not how it went down the TV show because this is kind of irritating me. It's, it's right. I'm like mad at Ned right, right. now. Like, I get your honor, dude, but I, no, fuck. Yeah. But he's he's basically saying he's willing to sacrifice his daughter to right. be honest, and then saying don't bring her into this, bro. He's okay. He's she's in to, it because he's literally of him. trying to. Yeah. Okay, she's I in was, it because of Ned. Yeah. Oh. Varys notes that Rhaenys Targaryen also had children when the Lannisters broke down her door. So it doesn't really matter. Children, they don't really care. Varys urges Ned to think about all that was discussed just now. He said that the next visitor could either bring him food and milk of the poppy, or he could bring Sansa's head. The choice is up to Ned. True. I mean... Yeah, so that's the end of the chapter. Discussion question that we have is, what is going to happen to Sansa, do we think? Um... I'd like to think nothing. I, I like to, well, nothing is in maybe she won't necessarily get hurt. But. Yeah. Maybe she, I mean. I think she's going to continue to be in the middle of this. Yeah. And there's no escaping this. Yeah. So maybe she gets out. Maybe she's she doesn't. She's kind of stuck. I don't know. But right now she's she's stuck in it. Yeah. Liv? I, I agree with Gabby, though. I hope nothing, but. You can't really be sure with Cersei as queen, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's kind of unpredictable. Especially because, I mean, remember the drama between Joffrey and Arya? Yeah. She was, like, super, like, you're not going to do anything right. to Arya? Right. Dude, it's exactly. a child. What do you exactly. Mean, what, do you, yeah. what do you want me to do? Yep. Yeah. Second question is, is Stannis going to come to King's Landing and claim the throne? He might try. I, I think, think yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I think he might kind of sit and leave Cersei and the Lannisters like kind of scattered for now, and come up with a some type of like plan. I think if Stannis was smart, he would get Rob on his side. Yeah. Um, because clearly now you have the entire North is fighting the Lannisters for a different reason mm-hmm. yeah. than his claim to the throne but if yeah. you get them behind mm-hmm. that then you have the north and all of his armies together mm-hmm. that would be the smart move yeah yeah and then go to King- i don't think he should go to king's landing i think he should go at least not to right rob. now i think he should go to rob yeah and link up do you think up. he would do that though like would I, rob be willing smart, to do that well would I, rob be you know that's a discussion question for another day yeah yeah um, or a different Rob chapter, but yeah, I, I think that yeah, that another day it would Rob actually do that, right? Or would Catelyn actually do that? Mm. I guess it'd be another. Would she advise him to do that? But next question is, what is Ned going to do? I don't think he's gonna bend the knee yeah, at all. No, nope. he's showing way too much stubbornness and not thinking of other. Yeah. Sanda. Exactly. Or Arya, for that matter. We don't know where she is, so. He's not really thinking of anyone. He's just thinking of what's the right thing to do. All the broken promises. Right. Nobody's like you, Ned. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just... It's a lot. All right. All right, so Tyrion tidbit. It says, um, We've had vicious kings. We've had idiot kings. But I don't know if we've ever been cursed with a vicious idiot boy king. Thought that was a fitting one yeah. for... Uh, we have now. Joffrey. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a page called Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast, and a Facebook group called Game of Wines podcast group. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1. 
and on YouTube at Game of Wines Podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode is a Maester's Whispers, and we are going to be discussing the similarities and differences between the book chapters and the eighth episode of the TV show. Thank you for listening. Bye.